Well, here we are at our final, our fifth and final session on these six verses of 1 Peter addressed to wives who are married to husbands who do not obey the word. So let's read it one more time all the way through, and then I'm just going to pose the question, what, what a wife's submission is not, according to this text, what it is, and then what was the big point. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Now, I think just from verse 1 alone, and it can stir in verses 5 and 6, there are six things that we can see clearly submission is not. So a wife is to be submissive to her own husband. It is not agreeing with the husband on all important matters. We know that because she doesn't agree with his unbelief. There's, there's a conflict in the family. She has become a Christian, and he has not. And there isn't anything more important in all the world than whether you believe in Jesus or not. And he doesn't, and she does. She has made a decision to follow her Lord Jesus over against her husband. So submission never means agreeing with the husband on every important matter. Number two, submission is not leaving the brain at the altar, which is just another way of saying the same thing. She is thinking through what Peter is saying here when Peter is telling her how to go about thinking with regard to winning the husband. He has concrete, specific instructions for her to think through in relation to her adornment, in relation to hope in God, in relation to fearlessness, in relation to Sarah and the holy women, in holiness and purity and respect. All those things require her to be thinking so she knows how to work them into her life. Third, submission is not avoiding the effort to change her husband. Clearly, the goal is that her husband would be one, that he may be one without a word. He, her whole life is devoted to trying to change him in the most important way in the world. Not the little ways, but the huge way. I want my husband to be a believer. And Peter is telling her how to go about that as a submissive wife. Fourth, submissiveness is not putting the will of the husband before the will of Christ. Clearly, Christ is dictating how she lives here, not the husband. And if the husband tells her to join him in sin, he's going to have to say, she's going to have to say, I, I, I must obey God rather than man. So please, I love you. I want to follow you as my leader. 
Don't ask that of me because I can't follow. The will of Jesus is before the will of the husband. Fifth, it does not mean getting all of her spiritual strength through the husband. Sometimes you'll hear that, and that, that, that the husband is above the wife. He, he gets things from God, gives them to her. Clearly, in this text, that is not the case. She is hoping in God. God is the direct source of her strength not to fear anything so that she has the wherewithal to come back here and live in a way that might win her, her husband. And lastly, it is not acting in fear. Submission is never fear. She is a person who is courageous. She's, she's inexplicable in that she, is, she has God-dependent meekness and fearless courage. God-dependent meekness and fearless courage. And that the husband might find inexplicable so that he asks her, what are you hoping in, and gets converted. So here's my effort to say what it is. And I base this not just on 1 Peter, but several other texts in the New Testament. Submission is the divine calling of a wife to joyfully and fearlessly honor and affirm her husband's leadership and to help him, he's her help meet, as the old King James says, to help him carry it through, to help him carry this leadership through according to her gifts. And they may work that out in a hundred different ways from some other couple. What's the aim of this text? The aim of those six verses is to magnify God's superior worth by hoping in him through Jesus Christ. Now, I know Jesus is not mentioned in this paragraph, but this book is dense. This letter is dense with Jesus and his cross dying in our place. And therefore, when it talks of hoping in God on this side of the cross, we know it is through what Jesus did for us that enables us to hope in a holy God. Through Jesus Christ, as more precious, so we're hoping in God as more precious and more resourceful than her husband, And by showing that this hope results in a life that is more husband-honoring and more husband-winning than if she were, than if he were the idol he would like to be in her life. A husband who's not a believer wants to be supreme in a wife's affections. She's not. He's not, I mean. He's not supreme. God is supreme. God is superior. But Peter is trying to instruct her how to so live that thus husband will be more honored and more won over by not making him the idol and making God the superior one. Here's the way Peter expresses this goal back in 2.9. You are a chosen race, you wives who are married to unbelieving husbands, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him, God, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Proclaim the excellencies. And that includes, lastly, living out the excellencies here in 2.12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles, including an unbelieving husband, 
honorable, beautiful, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, that will change, God willing, they may, that they may see, see your, your good deeds, your fearless, joyful, overflowing good deeds, and glorify God, the one you have put your hope in. And now, oh, may it happen, you and he won in Christ. That's the goal.